It is estimated that around three million pounds worth of coins are tossed into wishing wells annually the world over. But the tradition is not a new one. Going as far back as Norse mythology, Odin sacrificed his right eye to drink from Mimir's well, granting him foresight and wisdom. A more sanitary option, though, is tossing copper and silver coins into a well. Copper and silver have antibacterial properties, so tossing a coin to your well might make you a whole lot healthier. Welcome to Three Quarter Focused. Just, just like it's always been. My name is Rasmus. My name is Red. And I'm Jan. And I'm Ellen. Yeah, Ellen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ellen, are you officially the queen of booty now? With the treasure trade and all of that? Can we say that? Is that <laughs> the queen of booty? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds weird. Sounds weird. I mean, but, I okay, never mind. I'm, I'm not sure if I would recommend it, but... <laughs> Yeah, but, well, it's the treasure trade thing, and officially speaking, it's Sunday, and all of us are done, and it's shipped out, and it went jolly good. Of course. Mm -hmm. And let's move on to something else. <laughs> uh, no, but, uh, yeah, uh, give, give, give to good people at home, like, the short version of who you are, what you're up to, and the treasure trade. All right. Um, I'm Ellen. I know all you guys from YouTube and Instagram and such. Um, I'm Crafts with Ellen on there, and I do a lot of uh, a lot of different stuff, I guess. But by now, it's not really a, a sewing or anything else channel anymore. It's just a bunch of different stuff. Um, yeah, and I am like you guys in the Fools with Tools group of weirdos that we all belong to. And a few years ago, uh, Mr. Molten Make said. Wouldn't it be nice if we do a secret Santa? And I said, all right, let's do it. And we started up the treasure trade, which is our, our secret Santa. And we have people from all over the world in it. And everyone sends a secret someone a gift tailored to their, their likes and, and interests. And so everyone gets a surprise piece of mail that has been homemade by someone in their workshops. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Wonderful idea. I, th I think you're selling yourself a little bit short because you forgot the whole part of heavy metal knitting champion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I should include that in my, in my, my introduction. I, mean, you, I, I think if you ever make a business card of sort and you just want two words on there or three words, I guess I can't count today. Heavy metal knitting champion would be. Well, would technically be I came in second. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Let's see the champion. You were on the podium. It's, it's fine. Exactly. I was on the podium and it was the world championship. So yes, exactly. Yes. Oh, fantastic. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, no, I'm just rambling. Never mind me. <laughs> and Alan, I bet you didn't have any idea how much work it was when you first took the job of like, oh yeah, let's like make like a make a secret center. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had some idea because I participated in something similar for many years over okay. on the in the good old forum days when there wasn't Facebook and such, we had a forum um, and it was a lot of people doing cross-stitching of pixel art. Oh, And nice. we had a, a, a secret Santa type thing there. We did it over the summer. And that's where I, that's why I knew a little bit of like how to set it up. I was like, okay, we need questionnaires. We need this and we need that. So that's why I, I picked it up at the time. But 
I do have to say that group was a bit more organized than the fools. <laughs> yeah. I, have no t- I have no idea what you're referring to. I feel like all no, of us no, are no. superbly organized and no one is like John D. Harvey shipping theirs out a le- year late. Or... No, or Steve Howe signing up late. I, every single year? <laughs> every single year. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it, I mean, the basic idea isn't that much work. You have to set up the whole spreadsheet and, and assign everyone partners and that emails, but then it's a lot of just herding kittens and making sure everyone is sending you the proof of shipment and sending it out by the deadline and all of that stuff. Yeah, I, 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 to to us, it felt like you just had a system and you implemented. You changed the name on the header and you just implemented it. But I imagine there's not only a lot of work behind the scenes getting everything sorted, getting the forms done, and then of course, as you say, herding kittens all over the place and wrangling people in and saying, "Hey, you're being an idiot. Please let us know what's going on." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's more that second part. That, it's more that second part that takes the time. Yeah, it's uh, I, setting up the questionnaire and stuff. It's it's every year it's a bit of a technical challenge because the systems change and and mm-hmm. like first it was on on one website, now it's on another and things like that. So there is some behind the scenes work, but it's mostly just trying to keep it all organized because like the last thing you want is that someone drops out and doesn't tell you, and then someone is eagerly waiting for their gift and they don't get anything. Mm-hmm. Like that would be sort of the worst case thing. Um, so and it's really something. That- couple of times hasn't it it hasn't happened that i mean from last year we had shipping problems and a couple people still haven't received anything and it's probably lost in the void somewhere Mm. um but it's 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 also happened that sometimes life gets in the way you know you've you really want to make a good gift but just something happens and you can't um and then that happened last year where someone had to drop out and then it's just like trying to find some people that um we actually ended up having Three or four people last year that jumped in and they all made something small for the person that otherwise wouldn't be getting anything. So instead of one big that's gift, nice. they just got multiple small gifts from the different people. No, um, cool. So trying to make sure everyone uh, gets something nice and, and isn't left out. I, I imagine that, that that phone call is like, so what are you making? Well, I'm making this and this. Oh, that sounds like fun. You feel like making two of those? <laughs> <laughs> No, they they actually custom made something for this extra person. They were wonderful about it. Oh, nice! I just gave them the the original information about the person, and they all made something specifically for them. So, do you have the numbers good. for this year? How many people were uh, involved in the trader trade? I can look it up. It's it's somewhere in the. It's not as many as last year, but very close. Because I I can only imagine that the first year we were not that many, and it grows over the years. Yeah, probably. I think the yeah. first year we were like 40, 45. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then last year we were over 100. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, and wow, I think so this year we were somewhere in the 90s. Mm. That's yeah. right. Very cool. But then moving on, you can keep talking and tell us about your recent week. What's What's been going on? Making anything fun? My week? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been working a lot on the day job. We have some deadlines going on there so that's taken up a lot of more time than usual oh the merry um, christmas time but hmm? oh the merry christmas time end of the year business uh, everyone wants everything done by the end of the year yep <laughs> yeah. like financial years are closing can you just get it done before then and get all the invoices sorted yeah but um i have been making or not really making but i've been repairing today because today was my day Ooh. off and i've been uh fixing up my car 
and nice. which is very new to me and still a little bit scary. And I live in the middle of nowhere and it's the only car I have. So if I mess it up, then <laughs> I'm stuck. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel you little, there. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit stressful, but it, it all worked out. And I think this was like the third attempt because every time I got halfway through and I figured out that I was missing the the like bit for a very weird type of bolt that somehow the previous owner thought would be a good idea to use. Um, so it had a couple false starts, but today uh, I actually managed to change my catalytic converter over to a new one. And nice. my car has never been this quiet. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So that's very nice. That's cool great. stuff. That's Red. pretty much it. So what have you guys been up to? <laughs> uh, I've been working on my trailer trade uh, this week uh, because I'm late, but now I know I'm not the only one. It's kind of, I'm kind of cool with it. I'll better with it. Uh, but but yeah, no, I, I'm I'm almost done. Still have a few things to do and it will be shipped by Monday, uh, very last. So I'm I'm really sorry to the person. It, it, just, it will arrive uh two my english sucks tonight right um so i'm sorry for my recipient because it will be a, a bit late but i hope it would be worth the wait um so i've been mainly doing that and also spent a good amount of time out of the house for once uh closing the big project i was working on uh, and i've been talking in the podcast uh over a few episodes and now i can uh, finally say what it is we've bought we've bought no that's that's not a boat uh we bought uh <laughs> we bought an apartment so <gasps> congratulations yeah. oh that is fantastic congratulations that, yeah thank you Thank you, thank you. So I've learned uh, that it's not called an apartment in the US, it's called a condo. So basically it's not a house because a house, uh, buying a house now is really expensive, especially after the COVID and all the lockdowns, people want to get out of their apartments and have a, sp a small space or a big space outside. So did we, uh, but yeah, too expensive. So we have uh, signed yesterday the sales agreement for an apartment. Uh, now we have uh, to go to the bank, uh, paperwork and all the process, and we will officially, officially sign the um, contract, the ownership of the apartment uh, early next year. So probably during January. Uh, February will be kept uh, for the small renovation that uh, needs to be done uh, in the house. So not much paint, a little bit of plasters and, and fixing light bulbs and stuff. Uh, and then we'll be able to move over there. So new place uh, to live in, a new place to work in. Uh, it's not too far away from the house we are in now. So I will keep my... Uh, workshop uh, here as well, which is great because it's like 15 minutes by car, so I can still come here and forge and do my woodworking and metalworking uh, in the garage. But um, yeah, we are super happy um, to finally close this deal, and, um, and yeah, super excited. And that's so that's the big news. And I spent the week uh, doing all the paperwork needed to that needed to be done to 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 do that. So yeah, that's been my week. That's very cool. Yep. Yeah. Good week. 
same for our excitement because we couldn't say anything just they're like crossing fingers the whole time like, yeah can yeah, you talk yeah, about it yet yeah. can you talk about it yet <laughs> it's it's super hard to keep a secret but um yeah I, i i would just wanted to wait till the sales agreement was signed before the telling about it because yeah, which I'm, is understandable. I'm, yeah i i'm and I'm, i'm i don't like my luck i sometimes have some luck but <laughs> if i start talking about something it won't happen so i was like mm, don't talk about it just yeah. keep it quiet for now and when it's signed uh, yeah you can see it because the the owner the actual owner no now can't back up so we can change our mind and say well we don't want it anymore but it would cost a lot cost a lot of money but the owner can't say oh i'm not saying to you anymore because someone else uh, offers me more money so that was the the main thing so mm-hmm. yeah but just just a quick question though is Like it seems like, well, we've been at the inside for a little while and it seems like this whole buying process takes months, many months. Yeah, uh, it takes a long time for two reasons. Um, one uh, being um, before you, um, once you have found the right place and you're agreed on the price with the actual owner, you have to um, do a lot of paperwork with the people in charge of the sales agreements. So I have no idea how it's called in English, but that's the legal people. It's not a lawyer, but it's all the people that takes care of that kind of legal uh, paperwork. Real estate agent or something? Uh, no, because there is not one here oh, okay. um, involved in, in, in our process of buying this uh, apartment. Just let me... You Google um, notary, notary maybe no, yeah it's yeah. the notary exactly so let's use yeah, Ellen okay. for the translation Ellen yeah <laughs> it's the notary um, they they need to prep a lot of documents um, because you have uh, to bring experts to check the apartment if there is any kind of pollution or um, problems with the the plumbing or the electricals or everything so it all has to be checked which was done but they have to gather all the paperwork make a big file out of it and then uh, you come in you sign the sales agreement and when it's done so we've done that yesterday and when it's done you have to wait two months for the town to decide if they want to overbid you uh, or not So they have a right to buy the house that you want to buy or the apartment you want to buy uh, for their uh, for the use of for the town. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, there's this uh, legal uh, two months period that you have to wait for. Even if the bank uh, is okay with the loan and gives you the money, even if the owner is okay with it, if, even if you are okay with it, there's this two months period that you just have to wait for uh, to be done uh, in order to be able to sign uh, the final documents and to be the owner. So, yeah. Is, is that a France thing or is it your... I've never heard of, of it France? before. No, there's certain there's certain countries where that is the case, depending on where you live. I think it <laughs> is... I'm, I'm not sure how it works in Germany. I think on some historic buildings, I think the state has a chance. Uh, if there's an interest of the state for that piece of land or property, I think they can, not 100% sure, uh, which is definitely a rule in Germany. If if somebody sells a house and there's tenants living in it, they mm-hmm. have the right to buy the house at first. So before uh-huh. they even like list it on the market, they have to ask the tenants if they want to buy mm. it. Yeah, that too in France, but... 
fortunately the apartment was empty so nobody was there and so you that we was, can, could well, we're able to speed up the process and one other thing is that the, the owner the actual owner of the place uh is living nearby so he's not living in the apartment but he's also an architect so he's redone the whole apartment before he put uh, the apartment for sale uh, a little bit over six months ago so it's Ooh. basically we could leave it uh, live in it right now nothing would have to be technically technically be done for us to be able to live there it's super clean super nice we just want to change the color of the walls because yeah not not enough yeah. red and black absolutely so <laughs> everything will be red and black everywhere and and yeah the if the sounds, kids sounds normal. Nightmare, sounds fair. yeah normal just like the usual yeah I think black ceilings is going to be a new trend. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we'll see. I have to convince the wife, though. But yeah. <laughs> what about you, Jan? Um, as you guys can see, I am at home at the moment. Yeah. Which is like last week I talked about having the exhibition this week. So um, basically, the state of Friday afternoon was that it's definitely happening. They put mm -hmm. out an official press release saying, no, we're going to do it. And um, Friday evening at 7 o'clock, it got canceled. Oh, <laughs> so good news. Yeah, uh, because one of the um, presidents of um, Bavaria was basically, or one of the politicians went out and says like, well, here are new health regulations. Take that. So close down all the Christmas <laughs> markets in Bavaria. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, it was the only smart thing to do. You can't go to an exhibition with 700 exhibitors and, um, thousands of international guests in uh, indoors at a time like that. It's absolutely sure. stupid. So, yeah, uh, that got canceled. Then on Monday, it was, uh, we had the Christmas, like the Christmas market was supposed to start. You can already tell how this is going, uh, here in Esslingen and they actually, um, had a couple of days before that, some of the people having booth um, a little bit like outside in the sideways of the city, consolidate them more towards the um, town hall because they could fence it off to make like a 2G system out of it. Mm -hmm. And um, they canceled that one uh, the day before it started at like six o'clock in the evening. So wow. they, when all the food booth had bought like the food basically to sell and the people just unpacked everything and put everything on display because everybody was waiting for it to be canceled so mm. everybody waited till last second to do the final preparations and when they finally they were basically done with the final preparations and it got <laughs> canned yeah which is um there would there's under there's some understanding from the people they just would have wished that either they would have let it run for like a week or so or either or cancel it like two weeks before that because it was already way or known that the numbers are bad so in that case it was just a little bit heartbreaking especially if you see the whole thing built up and you like you already can like kind of smell like the wood fires and everything and mm -hmm. you get that little bit of christmas feeling just to see how the next day they start tearing down all the booth again yeah, especially for the people making the booth. When it was all done, you have to dig it apart again just the ne very next day. Exactly. Yeah. So, so I haven't been in the most positive mindset. Um, it's just, I don't know, it's just that and so many other things coming together with the numbers climbing. And you can tell mm -hmm. that the people are just sick of it. 
So there's also um, people are not really playing along with the rules anymore. So it makes everything even more difficult. So yeah. that's been pulling me down a little bit. Then on the other side, I did have some fun making fun of you guys the whole week for being late on your uh, treasure trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> late, late? Who's late? I don't know who's late. I'm not participating this year because I already <laughs> knew pretty early that um, I was not in the right mindset and I did not have the time. And it yeah. is a good decision because with the exhibition being canceled and like the, you can see it on the Christmas markets, the number rising, mm-hmm. all my I work in sales and I'm usually out like I'm sales engineer going to customers for the project. So uh, we have our end of the year visit where we are big customers. We have like the end of the year discussion, how the projects went and like have a little press and everything. So right now I have about 30 cases of gingerbread at my desk, big ones. Send them, send them over. That, that, I have that, none. Was, that was my thing. What I said at the company is like, well, I guess I'm not running hungry. Uh, now they had the idea we could send them to the customers. So now I have to like basically pack package like 30 or 40 <laughs> of those and send them out to customers. Uh, also, I have to call all the customers and like ask if they still want an appointment, which none of them did so far. I mean, it's absolutely mm. stupid. So nobody's going out at the moment. Yeah. So this is um, just work in general. Then we have still the problem with the uh, delivery of parts with the delivery yeah. times, like to name one of them, which um, some of our products have a lead time of up to 40 weeks now, which is basically you order them now and you get them on Christmas. It does, this is absolutely true as long as you don't give them a, the, the year. Yeah, um, but, but it, it used to be, didn't you say like a 26-week lead time? And now oh, there's yeah, 40? yeah, yeah. Like we usually like the regular time is eight weeks that we have because they're getting produced to order. Oh, shit. And now we're up to 40. That sounds like it's going to wreak havoc on the industry. Yeah, because we're not the only ones. Like this, all of our competitors have the same issue. Mm-hmm. Everything with electronics and there are certain kind of electronics mm-hmm. in it are completely screwed right now. So, yeah, we yeah. talked about a little bit when it comes to graphic cards and all that. Yeah. That uh, like you know it with the all kinds of computing thing. Yeah, car manufacturers have that issue. Um, we with mm. measuring technology like um, our systems that we have that issue. Yeah. And then there's also like the self-made ones with like the, the normal Christmas dress. Like you said, Ellen, Ellen, earlier, everything has to be done before Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's like a month ago, my um, boss asked me for a list. Like he needed the next day. Well, about three weeks ago, like it was. So I worked basically for hours completing it and getting all the information. And I was a little bit stressed and wanted to leave. So I sent him the email with here's the list you needed and forgot to actually attach it. <laughs> Um, I didn't recognize it till two days. No, like, yeah, two days ago, like on Monday, he wrote me an email like, oh, I just realized that that file is missing. Like it's not attached. And I'm mm. like, you told me you needed it the next day. So he didn't need it at all. No, no, no. It's like, no, I didn't get to it. Yeah. That, that, oh, he basically said without like saying anything, it's like, oh yeah, I didn't get to it yet. <laughs> and I was just like, what nice. the yeah, actual... yeah. you sent You sent us a meme. Basically suggesting that same thing early into me. I saw that and I had to laugh so hard and almost cried at the same time because <laughs> it's exactly what happens. Like all mm. of those comics are just taking out of my office life just one to one. <laughs> we put them on on the Instagram account for everybody to see. Yeah, um, I, I, yeah. Basically, I'm not, I'm not sure. I have them from um, of Twitter, 
Um, I know I don't know if the guy has an Instagram, but if he has, we should link his. Instagram yeah, we'll link page. it. Not, yeah, not sure, sure. Take just the picture off. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. We'll link everything in the show notes. Yeah, no, that 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 guy's genius, and um, it would be even more funny if it wasn't. Well, it is funny because it's true, but at the same time, it sometimes it's more saddening than actually funny. No, <laughs> but other than that, yeah, I'm I'm here. I didn't have to go to the exhibition, so I'm happy about it. Or else I would be. Sitting in a hotel, or no, actually with friends, staying at friends right now. But um, I would have to go into, uh, yeah, a huge hall tomorrow with hundreds of people, and I don't feel like doing that. So yeah, yeah, good, I'm good, I'm good. staying here locked away in my home office, happy about <laughs> nice. that. Gaming, relaxing, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> Taras, what about you? Yeah, I I taught another class this weekend. Um, nice, nice. It's supposed to be a full class, but of four students. But uh, one of the people uh, this decided, I, I guess it's the wrong word, but happened to take off bits of their thumb on the table saw <laughs> the week beforehand. Uh, yeah, I just like, so I might not be able to make it, but hopefully in the next class, mm -hmm. I'll be teaching in two weeks. And I was like, yeah, you keep telling yourself that. I've seen those kinds of injuries. Uh, was it a big entrance? Like, did he cut his no, finger I mean, or completely? Like, or? He'll, no. he'll get a really funny thumbnail, as far as I understood him. Not, okay. not worse than that. But being on his dominant hand, holding a hammer might be tricky for a while. So, yeah, sure. Yeah, especially I mean, it's, if it's, you beat on something like that, you're going to feel that like to the top of your brain. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, it's no worries. Uh, he'll just take the class whenever he feels like it again. Hmm. Uh, but then, yeah, uh, doing the usual stock runs of panicking, trying to get things ready for the uh, Saturday market that will coming up. So I have, so I had uh, like last weekend that was now I had a class. Then this weekend I have a Saturday of market. Then there's another class, and then another Saturday of market. <laughs> and then I'm done for Christmas. Then not, not only like I'm, I'm I've done all the things I should do. I'll be done. I'll be dead. <laughs> uh, but the good thing is I've actually been able to do a lot of forge welding in the tiniest gas forge that yeah. Devil Forge has. Oh, the, the, one, the, the same that I have, the little Devil Forge one? Yeah, the, the round thingy with one burner. Yep. Yeah. I didn't uh, know forge welding was possible in that one. Neither did I. But I got a hold of... That was it, some... Yeah, which which I uh, I have not done it yet, but I really want to to just white wonder flux with three X's <laughs> on it. Uh, for some reason, that's the that's what I want to call it all the time. Uh, but it it, it con it's some it got some extra bits in it that uh, lowers the, the the welding point mm -hmm. and promotes corn, uh, grain growth across the weld into steel. So. I, it's, it's, it's in the, the, like the necessity of I'm all out of stems for the roses, so I need to make more of them. Okay, it I know how to forge them quickly if I can forge weld them. But in a pinch, I could weld on discs with a with a MIG welder or something like that and make that work. But I don't want to do that because it's the wrong aesthetic and it's the wrong technique to do it, at least to me. So I figured, well, I know this is supposed to lower the melting point, welding point, and I can try. And it worked. It's a little bit finicky uh, because when I then went on to do knife knives um, and laminating them, the, the angle iron was really tricky on two of them to get welded together without the steel in between because mm -hmm. the steel has a lower welding point. So it's easy to get steel and iron to weld because physics and shit. Uh, 
So it's it's uh, it was sort of like just trying out and experimenting with things. So now I suddenly have materials to make a lot more roses, which is really nice. Nice. Absolutely. And then, of course, I have finally finished off my treasure trade. Yeah, which and is... if you ever, ever post an Instagram story again about yourself, like cutting open your thumb, I'm going to find you and I'm going to kill you. <laughs> you want to because see? That, that, no, because that <laughs> shit makes me like throw up. I can see my own blood, because, but that's usually because the I, I did to the other so side as well like today. I'm about myself. <laughs> but you like casually like showing the roses you made and then like, oh, and by the way, if you're not careful, this happens. And you put like your bloody <laughs> thumb into the camera. I don't know how many people just threw up in their phone. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm an idiot. I didn't think of that. Uh, if it makes you feel better, because I'm ambidextrous, I was like, oh, I hurt my thumb. Okay, I'll switch hands. I'll do the other one. <laughs> and then I bumped uh, my index finger into the side of the belt and cut myself there a little bit. That's so your you pin punishment it. for showing your, your cat. I yeah, that's, not an excuse. that's just plain stupid. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But yeah, um, I, I, I finished my treasure trade. I mean, I... I, I Did you? Did you really? Though? I did. I can show it to you now, but I won't because nope. Ellen is watching and she will be yeah. mad at me. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, it's all the thing of, oh, like already last year, I had a good idea of what I wanted to make. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, of course, I spent literally at the entirety of the year figure, just mulling this over and then coming up now and going like, I have no idea actually how I want to achieve this. Uh, <laughs> so I'll spend a couple of days just playing around with ideas and see if I can make something stick. Uh, and that's about as much as I can say until it is delivered and I can post about it. Yeah. Uh, but I have even more ideas now, even some really evil ones. Yeah, again, I trust you for that. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen pictures starting to uh, appear on the Facebook group of people uh, receiving that gift. And it yeah, made me bastards. so. Yeah, no. If it, I just felt so bad because I was not still not done with mine. Uh, but I've seen some really cool stuff already. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I can't wait to to have the full album of all the gifts mm -hmm. and go through them and 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 be in our again for the fourth year, I believe. Uh, because yeah, people are great. I. I th I also think that like the treasure trade is one of those little things where of course people are excited to receive presents, but I think most of them are more excited to make a present for someone, which I think is that, that's fantastic. true. At that's least it was true. like that for me. Are you doing the segue thing? Is yes. that what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a law now. We have I, to I, call I out the segue. <laughs> you did it to me. You when I felt like I did a good job. Now you were doing a good job, and I'm returning the favor. Exactly. So go ahead, Raz. <laughs> oh, this is your topics. Come on. <laughs> oh, you guys did the segue, so you go on with it. <laughs> Should we just not do it and just continue casually? No, I mean, it is it is like the today's topic we kind of decided on or wanted to talk about is actually making presents for other people or like making for other ones instead of for making yourself. Not presents, but like making stuff for other people. Yeah. Is that is that something you do um, on a regular basis, Ellen? Doing, uh, making stuff for other people or are you mainly doing for yourself? I sort of, 
go back and forth between them. Like I really like making stuff for myself because I'm just because I like using the things I've made and it makes me feel very good of like wearing a shirt that I've made or, or mm -hmm. a hat or just using something that I've made. But I also really enjoy making stuff for other people. And it sort of motivates me then to try new things or to to make something like that extra notch of quality higher because I know it's for someone and I want to really give them something nice. Um, so at least for the treasure trade, like it, it motivates me to just do something that maybe normally I wouldn't spend as much time doing or doing in as much detail. So that's really a, a nice thing of making things for others. Yeah, I'm pretty, I think I'm pretty much the same. I realized prep, prepping this episode that the, um, I mainly make stuff for myself uh, when it comes to making a new tool or restoring a new tool or improving the shop to be more efficient uh, in my work. But I don't have many, if I, I, my main um, um, area uh, or I don't want to say I want don't want to say specialization because that's not the thing. For insects, and, uh, and it's for insects. Um, the uh, but, but I I do a lot of stuff out of leather, and I don't make that much out of leather for myself. I mainly uh, restore tools or make tools or make stuff that I can use to make other stuff, and it's mainly for other people. So it's it's either for a client or either for a friend or for the treasure trade, which is basically the same thing. Or for your kid. Um, or for my kid, absolutely. Mm. Or for my kid. Um, and I realized that I can't spend hours and hours doing something for someone else, my kid, the client, or for the treasure trade, uh, because I really want to make them happy and, and enjoy what I'm making. Um, so I will, I will try new stuff and, and as you said, um, try something that I have never tried to have the better result. Uh, whereas when I, I come, uh, it comes for me, uh, and when I make something for me, it will be rather quick, uh, and, and more efficient and it's, it's not necessarily going to be really nice looking because it doesn't matter. It's just for me. So there's this real difference, which is, I, which I find interesting in, uh, in, in the way that I make stuff for myself. It doesn't matter if it looks nice, as long as at it works, it's Fun functional, yeah, function it works. For ethics. Yeah. Yeah. But for other people, I really want to go, uh, to push the limits of what I, what I'm able or capable of doing, because I really want to do something nice for them to, to just enjoy. So is that the same for you guys? A little yes. bit. Uh, I mean, by nature of being self-employed blacksmith, I nearly all of the making I do is for other people or mm. other people's money. And I seldom have the time to make things just for fun for myself. It's usually, oh, here's a new product idea. I want to make that so maybe I can sell it just because I have an idea and I want to realize it. Mm -hmm. um, but it's it's also a little bit in the sense of the times I make for myself, it's more like, oh, but if I'm trying something new, it's fine if it's shit because then I've learned something and I can just make it a new better. Mm -hmm. If yeah. I'm making something uh, for other people, I, I I don't expect anyone who buys the things that I make to be able to repair it. Mm. So I, it needs to be as perfect as possible or at least to a certain level of standard 
so that they are happy and that it will exceed their expectation to like to, to the best of my abilities. But Raz, do you play around with stuff that you make for yourself? For, for example, if you would make like um, a piece of, um, what do you call them? Uh, to hold a metal, like pliers or something. Tongues. So tongues. If you would make a pair of tongues mm. or you you do a project and it's like, oh, I need a special kind of tongue to hold that and you make it for yourself. Are you going to put some extra time in to put like some twists in the handle and like make it pretty? Or are you just going to like bang it together so you have the tool to make whatever you're going to need to do next? Uh, no, I'll, I'll, I won't do any decoration on it, uh, generally speaking. Uh, especially for my own sake, but also that that's that's a that's a very own personal hang up thing. I don't like twists in metal. Okay, <laughs> so maybe the wrong uh, question for. The... Uh, well, uh, and 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 uh, no, it's 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 fine. And uh, but the same will go for. I see other people who do like forge axes, Norwegian style hewing axes mm -hmm. uh, for traditional tim timber framing, and some of those traditional styles have traditional decorations on them. Half the people making them will do that uh, decoration, other half will not. Mm -hmm. I really like the aesthetics of some of those. When it is for myself, I don't care to put it in. And when it comes to doing the twists, it's a little bit in the same way, but it's more of, I feel like the twists are so often done to hide shitty craftsmanship behind it. Mm. So in, in the sense that if you are able to forge just one long, really clean taper on a bar of steel, without any big divots or grooves in it from forge scale or hammer marks or anything like that. And it's just, it's, it is really clean, just straight out of the anvil. Yeah, it's really then, or beautiful that way. No need to put that a shows, twist. To yeah. me, that shows so much higher level of craftsmanship that you can mm. make something that's really elegant and there's no extra fills going on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then again, I, I, and this might be because of some people who are just sharing a lot of things and they don't have a lot of skill they will use a lot of twists to hide their shitty hammer techniques behind it yeah so for me it's more of a principle of no well i can forge things cleaner so i can just take the time and do that and let the craftsmanship show and then i can use the twist specifically where it will serve a design purpose instead of just taking the attention away from the important bits if that if that makes sense Mm. Yeah, I'm afraid was, I'm going a bit the question, too abstract. No, the, the question, the question was more like about it's like, do you play around with stuff that you make for yourself, or are you just gonna go like function before form? Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, for my own sake. I'll always go for function, yeah. but it doesn't mean I want things to look ugly because because of teaching. No, no, but but this is this is the, the part about it. It's like if you do a product, you do it with a sense, like basically to sell it. So I yeah. found I found Ellen like what she said really interesting about she loves to make stuff for herself because she's like this is a shirt i made for myself this is like a hat i made for myself getting better because i'm also I, almost all of the stuff i make i make for other people which is mainly mm. like usually i have an idea for who it is before i even start a project or if i make like i kind of need that as a purpose before because if i make i settle for mediocre if i do stuff for myself i usually do it before improvements for uh, my workshop stuff like that and then it just needs to work it doesn't have to be pretty mm. so i never really play around for myself it's actually i need that for i know it's for someone else like it's going to be a present or anything those, those are two different types of projects for me like i can make something for myself because 
I I just need it and it's function over form and I just quick and okay, I can whip up a quick like tote bag because I need to carry something. Mm-hmm. Or I can say, you know, no, now I'm going to make a beautiful bag for myself and I'm going to put lining in and pockets and all sorts of things. Like they're both for myself, but one is the more like I need something functional quick and the other is more like I'm going to really try to push my skill level and, and make it really nice. Um, yeah, but it's just great that you can do that for yourself because I'm just not like I'm, I hmm. see that the reason for like... It's like, not that I don't have anything to prove to myself because I definitely have stuff to prove to myself when I make stuff for others. It's just, I, I don't treat myself to stuff like that. Until you deserve now, to be treated. Well, treat yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, one of the next projects, I actually will do that. I, okay. I just realized that like, while I was talking about it, that I actually have one project lined up, which is a, like the first thing I do solemnly for myself because I want it. I'm really looking forward to because I'm going to try to make like a ton of new stuff and I'm going to go absolutely ham. And in the end, it's going to be mine. <laughs> I'm not going to give it Good. to anyone. But this is yeah. like the first, the, the first one that's probably because why I pushed it back so far and not, not done it yet because it kind of feels strange. But then on the other side, I'm kind of motivated for it because I really, really want to try it out. Yeah. I agree. I, 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 sorry, sorry. Rest. go on. I guess that's the big, big sort of uh, difference in sort of intention. Mm-hmm. If you just need a tool to fix something right now and you only intend to use it right now and not not tomorrow or any time else, then it's like, well, then ugliness is the way to go because it just needs to fit, function for the next five minutes or whatever. Yeah. But if it's like, no, no, I really want or need this thing and I because it fulfill a purpose in my life, I will be using it a lot. Yeah. Then, of course, you want to put the extra effort in because... Well, I guess it's just a ratio of effort going in and satisfaction of using it. Yeah. That's that right. I think that's maybe yeah, that sums yeah. it up. Yeah. If I would need a hammer and I would like I could cut down a piece of steel and put a handle on it, like and I wouldn't care less about it. And I'm gonna use it like mm-hmm. often, but I just like don't care about it because I just need to function. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe if I would take a blacksmithing class and they said, like, oh, we're going to make a hammer, then it would be something special because of the event and the surroundings because of it. And I would put mm. more effort into it. But if I would make a hammer because I need a hammer at the moment and I have a drill and a steel block, I'm going to make a <laughs> hole in it. I'm going to bang a handle in it and then I'm going to go to down. Yeah. Yeah. And they will I... both work for hitting things. So Exactly. They're both probably going to work well for hitting things. Just, yeah, I don't know. I agree with you, Jan, because um, it also feels strange to me to make something for myself that looks nice and that I would use without any regrets or or feeling uh, guilty or something. I I did this hammer restoration uh, a few years back, and I have to admit I've never used this hammer uh, for anything else because... At the end of the registration, it was so pretty that I didn't want to damage it using it. So when I have the choice to pick a hammer, it's never that one. It's always the ugly, almost broken thing that I use mm-hmm. for that reason. So um, it, it, there is this saying in France, which goes something like, uh, the shoemaker always wears the worst shoes. If that yeah. makes sense, mm-hmm. you have something similar in 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 Germany or not that Norway or no? no. We we have something similar. Um, 
or may pretty much the exact same phrase phrasing actually. Okay. Yeah, that that like the 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 shoemaker's kids run barefoot or something. Okay. Yeah. So so basically, it, it, it I I I had that my whole life, and I believe that now it's in me that if you are making stuff, it's it's aimed to be for other people it's not for you because you don't need them because you you know how to make them so you can make yours anytime Mm -hmm. which you never do because you never had the time so (laughs) you take the time to (laughs) make beautiful stuff for other people which totally makes sense even uh, either it's for selling for people at markets like you do us or online like you and me do or um, it's a gift for someone and, and you spend more time and you put more energy, more efforts into do, doing that, speci- making that specific thing for someone that you know. And the more you love it, um, um, or should I say, the more you love the person you are making it for, the more you will invest uh, when it comes to effort, time and, and maybe skills or uh, improvement or tries or whatever it is. So I find it very interesting that um, there is this state of mind that yes, you are making for sale or for someone you know, and you have your standards, the one that you will never go below because that's not something you'd be proud to give to someone or to sell to someone. But when it comes to people that you know, or for the case of the treasure shed, you don't really know them because um it can be something someone in the group that you have never met you have never talked to which is kind of the point because it also can be a good um conversation starter uh, oh you sent me that piece i received yours and the ride was great so you can become friend with and and meet new people but making this extra effort and spending more time to do something crafted for that person for his taste or the or hobbies or whatever it is um, first, it's a good, great idea, and and I I like these kind of challenges that you 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 go over and beyond what you usually do and your basic standards of that's good enough for sale of that's good enough for someone when it comes to that kind of of making for other people for a special special occasion someone that you really like or love or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like there's an special kind of satisfaction when you you not you're making something for someone else that is special to you, mm. and you spend forever figuring out exactly what you want to make for them, or to figure mm. out what kind of purpose uh, or the need they have in their life, and you f- yeah. make a thing to meet that purpose, to fill that, and solve that problem they have, and then everything well rarely everything goes right all the way along but then you finish it and you become happy with it and you deliver it and then seeing them use it that's a really special feeling yeah yeah Yeah, it is it does also give me some some motivation of like i really want to make this for a person and i know they would really like this or that functionality so i'm going to teach myself how to do it Mm -hmm. I think that's, that can be a great form of motivation when you're making for someone else. Whereas if it was me, I might just, if it was for me, I might just say like, well, yeah, sure. That would be nice. Like a special type of pocket on this jacket, but I'll just make a simpler version because it'll be much quicker and mm. <laughs> and do the same thing. Whereas for someone else, I would be much more um, wanting for it to be perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
But the a side note I had there, because you mentioned selling things, Red, like I really don't like making stuff to sell <laughs> because for me, like I love making stuff to gift, mm-hmm. especially if it's a surprise and they're not expecting it and they don't know what I'm making. So not made to order, but as a surprise. Yeah. But if I if it's something specific that I'm making for someone to buy, it just it has the opposite effect of me. Like I overanalyze and I get too caught up in it and nothing's good enough and I just get down on it. That, yeah, me too. Those, I, I those are like the best presents. Oh, to receive also. Sorry to to interrupt, Red. But like this not, is like, if you're not yeah. expecting it, if you're getting something like handmade. This this is like so much worth. I I remember like yesterday when I opened up a package and I was like I didn't order anything and it was like a, f- a nice hand forged bottle opener in it from Rasmus with a lovely letter just saying fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like wait that's the best what <laughs> I had almost forgotten. I was like wait what where is this going? I was like did I send a nice letter with that? I was like no of course not. <laughs> No, I totally agree with you, Jan. That that's the best kind of present when you don't expect them and it's unmade, especially for you. So there is something more than the gift only. There is also the time and the thoughts that goes into that present. Mm-hmm. So agreed for that. That that's the best one and that's the most personal uh, gift that you can ever get. Um, and. Helen, what you said about selling stuff, making stuff for sale, I believe that's something close uh, to the imposter syndrome. You don't consider yourself. Mm. And that's something I have too. I mean, when I get custom custom orders on the internet, uh, can you make me this or that? I said, yeah, I can. Of course I can. I make the stuff and just before I sell it and for the whole time before the person receives it, I'm like, what if... She doesn't like it. What if mm. he finds uh, a flaw in it or uh, changes his mind? Or I, I get this this weird feeling of being proud enough of my work to be able to sell it and, and having some confidence. Uh, but the small amount of doubt about what if it, it's not good enough for them, it's, if it's mm-hmm. not what they uh, had imagined, um, uh, in, in, mind. in mind or where well, I was uh, I was going for uh, imagine imagine it but it's good. dead end in, imagined that's the word imagined yeah. that's the word thank you Rasmus <laughs> that's the one I was searching and for. next week we'll all play charades <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so weird weird feeling as well um, that, that's something I've been working against uh, for uh, a few weeks um until I realized that that's something great to have, to keep, and and to, mm. uh, I, 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 I'm not gonna say cherish, but um, almost because if the the day you are, uh, you get over this imposter syndrome when you are selling shit to people. Um, that's for me the day you start uh, doing bad work because. Mm. You will lower your your standards, and one day, nah, that would that's good enough. I'm only selling for twenty bucks. Even if you're selling for twenty bucks, it has to be as good as the two hundred ones that you have said before for twenty bucks. So, um, I like this pressure. I I tend to work really hard under pressure and deadlines. Well, not this year, but usually I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> um, 
and, can and, pretend. And, yeah, I can pretend. Um, so this in, imposter syndrome, when it comes to selling to someone, uh, also gives me the motivation, the concentration, um, uh, and and the will to to keep making good stuff for them, even if it's someone that I, I, I've never heard of and will probably never again, uh, unless if, if it's a returning customer. But I totally understand your feeling and, and I think that's a good thing that you have. It. That's mm. what I wanted to say. Yeah, I think that's a good way of looking at it too. It's like I, I've been wanting or I've been thinking about some things as like, oh, maybe I can sell, make and sell this or that. And it's just, it feels like this big hump to get over in terms of like, but I want it to be perfect and fully designed and thought out and like have all yeah. the little things before I take that step. And then it just ends up never happening. Don't you have those I, local stores um, that you can basically that only sell like handmade stuff? Because we have one in town now. Um, it's called Fimfag, which is really nice because it's all locals and it's all different what kind of makers like some of them do clothes design some of them do one of them i think makes his own coffee where they sell the coffee beans and um some handmade just different handmade stuff um interior design furnitures so this store basically just gives them a platform where mm. they give it on commission and then it gets sold for them so they have a space where they can present their wares which i think is a really nice idea and then you can make whatever you feel like making, give it to a store like that, and then the people are going to decide if they want to buy it or not. Yeah, yeah, but the choice. That's not the type of like make I want to make like functional tools and things like that. Like mm. the main thing I was thinking about, the first thing that got me to think about selling some making and selling is like my seam rippers with mm-hmm. the, the large handles on them that I made on the wood lathe. Okay. I was like, I think that would be something very useful to sell, but it's not really. Something I'd you buy would one. in a place like that. I'd buy one. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's like I get know. stuck in the details because I I've had multiple people say that to me, yeah. but then I was like, okay, but but I need like <laughs> I don't know, I just get lost in the details and oh, like and a then, year and a half later, nothing happens. I can I can tell you right away that that feeling never goes away. Okay. <laughs> you just learn to ignore it, and uh, hopefully at some point you get enough feedback back on the products that you put out there that you start to trust that other people are saying that they actually mean it and that, no, no, this is good. This is really fine. Mm. It, it, they like the inconsistencies in the shapes and all of that because it gives character. Yeah. Uh, but like, I have the same feelings about everything I make for the first time. Like, is this something that, is it good enough to f- like capture people's attention and enough that they want to buy it? Does it do the job well enough? Is it unique enough? Is it, handmade enough if i yeah. do the laser cutting thing or like all of these questions but it's it's for me for me it was all part of the necessity where i needed to sell something to make yeah. rent so i had to put it out there and i had to just see what happens and then i get feedback and next time i make it better and it iterates and it evolves but still it's like uh every time i do something new especially it's uh, like not a nightmare because you, you again you get used to all of this but i have the same feelings i think i just ended up moving through all of them a bit faster but they're mm. still there very much so uh, i i found something that you said was very interesting is it uh uh i don't i don't remember how you phrased it just 30 seconds ago is it handmade 
enough handmade enough i find that's wonderful i i really like that because we are now so used to buy stuff made by machines that we want them to be perfect each and every time and mm. similar to the next shit that that's on the shelf in the store like you're going to ikea you want to to buy a shelf you want the exact same shelf that everybody's buying because that's the one you've seen in the book but when you are standing in front of these shelves you are choosing the one that you want yeah it's the exact same one that the ne- the one next to it but you are still choosing the one that you want because that's the one that you want for your house and um so buying either identical stuff in a store uh, is now something so uh, natural something that we are so uh, used to that when it comes to buy handmade stuff um, I think there's two kind of people the one that are searching for it because it's handmade it's customized it's personalized it's it's unique and that's what they want so I still uh, I believe this, there will always be a market for that mm. and the people that will be a little bit disappointed because oh it's not perfect it's the, the angle is not perfect 90 degrees yeah because it's not made so it's maybe 89.5 degrees but still works i think it's the same with like um a certain kind of like luxury artic- uh, articles or uh, um, stuff that people buy there i think there are the people that want um, machine quality but mm-hmm. unique Mm-hmm. which is seldom yeah. accomplished because it's or somebody has like a CNC program and makes it on a CNC and just builds one of a kind. Like yeah. this is the one thing. And then there are what I think is like mo- more people out of the maker scene that actually look for the personalized one that like don't, they are not bothered by those little mistakes that want something handmade where they mm-hmm. feel like this people put a lot of work into it, thought into it, how to make it. And with all that like perfect imperfections, like in yeah. it yeah like this is something uh, f- from now it's like living in a middle evil town and looking at some of them i developed a little bit of an eye because being in the maker scene and watching people make stuff you appreciate a lot of stuff more like walking into uh one of the old buildings there and there's an old wardrobe in there and the wardrobe is probably from let's like, 1700 something with still the original paint, like with the painted door. And you can see, if you look at it for a while, you see little painting mistakes. Yeah. You see like that one branch of the tree painted on there, just like slipped or something on that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was redone, like somebody repainted it in like 1900s, but by the, going by the age of the paint and uh, the age of the paint on there, it must be at least a hundred years old. Mm-hmm. And it's fun, but it's still a wonderful piece, like a beautiful piece. With, mm-hmm. with the like like you said, it's a perfect mistake. Yep. Exactly. And, and I think, uh, so a, a, a lot of my mentality about my making changed a lot ever since I heard uh, Heidi of Whitehall Pottery say that her job is not to make identical twins when she does her uh, mugs and cups and all of sure. that. Yeah. It's making cousins. <laughs> like, no, so they are clearly, they're clearly of the same family. They clearly belong together, mm-hmm. but they are different. If yep. you hold them up next to each mm-hmm. other, there are distinct differences between them, but none of them uh, uh, sort of reduce the quality of it. They both work. It's more like, do I like this little funny handle or this funny handle? But they both mm-hmm. are the same kind of funny, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally does. I like that. Yeah. 
That is really good. And the funny thing is, like, it, it's so interesting with the double standards and the imposter syndrome. Like, I have like, just sticking to the seam ripper example. I've made mm. probably a dozen or so and given them to people as gifts, which I didn't even think about a second time. And it's like, here you go, you can have yeah. this. Mm -hmm. But then as soon as I start thinking about asking money for it, I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, uh, what, what was the reaction of the people you you gave them to? But they all loved it. So. That's that's and the only. Do you thing trust you those people? Yeah. yeah. Do you trust the opinion of those people? If you do yeah, trust yeah. them, I mean, I that's... gave them to people that I that I appreciate and and wanted to give a gift to. So. <laughs> mm -hmm. So there you go. You have you sh yeah. that that should help you build your confidence in the, to to make more and and sell them. But I I understand it's a big step to um, make for your friends, make for yourself, and then starting to sell your stuff. To other people, do you don't know, uh, with the risk of them not being happy or to complain or to ask for a refund or stuff. That's that's a big step. Um, mm -hmm. I've 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 been quite scared when I started my own business for that specific reason, uh, not being able to make enough money or was one thing, but having unhappy customer was another one. Uh, like what? What if? What if he contacts me saying that oh the hat doesn't fit or the wallet is is too uh, not stretchy enough or, or that doesn't don't we? It's not the design we uh, agreed upon. None of this happened in in two years. I've been doing that. Mm -hmm. Only one guy tried to scam me saying oh, the hat doesn't fit. Yeah, what's your size again? M. Same as mine. When I shipped it, it was it was perfect. So never heard of, uh, of the guy again because he was just searching for a refund and 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 keeping the hat and having the money back. <laughs> Happened once. Um, so I understand that the 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 feeling of being scared of selling your stuff. But if people you've made gift to with what you've made uh, enjoyed it, if you as Raz said, trust those people. Uh, you can give it a try. What's the worst that can happen? Not selling some stuff, not a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Also, if you really need the feedback or you want to know it, then you can sell stuff and put in like it's small quantities or in some of them, not in all of them, put in um, handwritten requests for a feedback with your email mm -hmm. address. I received yeah. that once a Christmas market about five years ago about a piece of pottery. And when I like unpacked it because I bought it as a present for someone, um, mm -hmm. I found a small like handwritten, like a size of a business card. And I was basically on there like, thank you for buying this. And you could see it was somebody took a pen and wrote it by hand, like with mm -hmm. ink, with an um, feather holder, I believe it's mm -hmm. called. Quill. And with, or quill. Thank you. Um, wrote it with a quill and um, wrote on there. It's like, thank you. Is there anything like you would like improved on this mug or so basically wrote that on there. It was like a mm -hmm. small, it was actually for like schnapps, like for, for shots, <laughs> but it was built like in like a Stein mug. So I, so, I thought so it you would want it bigger. Idea. Excuse me? <laughs> so you would have wanted it to be bigger. <laughs> exactly. So that would have been a fun response for it. But um, I actually thought it was really nice. And um, so what I did is basically when, when I gave it as a present, I shot a picture of it by, by giving the person the, the pictures. So I'm like, 
been happy about it and i just printed that one and um or no attached it to an email like answered because he put his email address on the back and i basically just wrote him the email says down oh thank you very much it was really appreciated and sent the picture with it and the guy wrote back and says like oh thank you very much for responding because like there are people there is feedback he gets from those and he says, mm-hmm. like, not all is positive. So this is why it's like, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like a little bit of a cool quality insurance for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quick question before we wrap it up, because we are around the one hour mark. Um, do you, you, we fail, we all fail as makers when you make stuff, when we make stuff, mm-hmm. uh, because it's part of the process, it's part of learning stuff. Have you um, noticed that you fail more often when you are doing for yourself or for other peoples? Definitely for other peoples. But I only feel like I'm failing because it's not up to the standard I want to give to other people. So that's not a failure. That's not just it hasn't reached your standard. It's not good enough yet for the people you are making it to. Exactly. Okay, so that's not completely if that's not a real oh, yeah, figure I, like I, everything I goes to shape like, i don't keep it for myself i trash that stuff okay what about you Ellen? i think in terms of it's not a fail but i make less mistakes when i make something for someone else because i'm much more aware of like i want this to be nice yeah. so i'm much more like i go a bit slower and i'm really paying attention yeah and when i make something for myself like I, I made a shirt not too long ago and I think I had to reattach the sleeve like three times because I was just going too fast yeah. and I, I could have done it in one go, but I was just going fast and <laughs> and had to take it off. So that's, I, I make less mistakes when I make for someone else. Rice, what about you? I don't think there's a difference to me. Uh, I mean, I, I, it's the weird thing again of a lot of the things I do is things I've done a lot of beforehand uh-huh. because I like making the roses and heart dukes and all of that. Like I have made a hundreds, hundreds of each by now. Uh-huh. So there's not that many failures anymore. And those few failures I have, I can usually fix if I care to spend the time on it. So it's, I guess I'm in the weird position of, I just don't do that much new stuff. Mm-hmm. often enough well uh, okay that that's a fair thing when i do product development sometimes i will just wing it and i'll just guess on all of the measurements of something and sometimes i realize that oh i left too little of a margin when punching the whole the opener for a bottle opener mm-hmm. so it turns out really it's narrow and thin and it looks weird and it seems like it's going to break so it's like well i can it's a prototype i can keep it and just keep it for size reference where I can spend the time and weld it up again and hide my mistakes. Mm-hmm. But that's the weird thing about steel, because you can always sort of redo it by going at it with a MIG welder and cheat. Um, yeah. Which is a good thing. Always. Yeah, but uh, when it comes to all the things that don't do that often, when I make leather <laughs> sheets and handles, yeah, I, I, I make a lot more mistakes because I'm less experienced in them. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't bother me, so to speak, because the material I'm using... Like even if it's some fancy burly wood, I mean, th- the cost of it isn't all that much because I'm using small bits and I probably have enough for another five handles laying about. Mm-hmm. Also because I just was over uh, meeting uh, Dan of Wonky Workshop and he, I managed to raid his wood hoard a little mm-hmm. bit. 
part of the reason why probably my backpack was so heavy going back home again. But that's we'll ignore that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I was thinking about that because I, I just like Ellen, I I tend to be more uh, focused um, at going uh, slower taking my time to consider the process before starting and not winging it like I usually do for most of my projects or videos or stuff that I make for me when I when it comes to make for other people. Just, like, I, I try to think the entirety of the process and, and the project through before I even start so I can, okay, now I know the next step. I know what I need to do now and, and going slowly that I prevent a lot of mistakes that I could or usually do um so so i think it also helps me doing good work just knowing that it's not a project for myself it's a project mm. for someone else um and maybe something i should keep in mind when i'm doing something for me just just imagine that it's for someone else so i can do good work and at the end say oh good surprise i mm. i can keep it i can keep that one because it's for me um uh, but 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 yeah it makes me happy uh, it, it was just an observation because I, I i just noticed that i was making less mistake for other people so i i asked myself why and it was it's probably yeah um going slowly taking your time, be, being sure that you don't make any mix, mistake or, uh, or nothing goes bad for this project because, because it's for someone else and, and you want them to have a nice nice thing in the end. So I, I do want to add that I can turn that mode on when I make something for myself. It's just That's that good. I don't always do. Yeah. So like when I made my everyday carry bag from the Adam Savage pattern, like mm -hmm. I got some really nice fabric I was very happy with and I picked out all the, the hardware to go on it. And I was like, this is going to be a very nice bag for myself that I will use for years. Mm -hmm. And it was a very similar experience to making something for someone else because I was like, I want to do it because, right. Because so yeah. it's so something excited I, for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's like, I can turn it on. It's just that if I, if I'm just making something and it's not that like special and it's just like, okay, I need a shirt or something then I typically don't do it like that, but I, I can choose to do it. And I do think it's, it's very nice to, to treat yourself like that sometimes. Yeah. One last thing, um, just came to my mind. I, 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 I enjoy uh, what you said and like the, the fact that you can switch, switch uh, on and off that that's great. I tend to be quite the opposite of that. Um, I've, I've shot a video last week. I've not, not talked about it yet because it will be released, uh, uh, probably next month, uh, or next week, uh, on my channel, but I've made something out of leather, which is really simple and quick project, uh, which was intended to be for myself. And when it was done, I was super happy with the result. And I had this idea I'm I'm not, I'm not keeping that for myself. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it to someone because it's nice. It's nice enough to be to be offered, to be given to someone. I, I don't need to keep that cool stuff because I can make another one or keep the the one that I developed uh, just as a test. So that's that's the weird thing. Except when you're I, never going to have time when you're never going to do it. <laughs> absolutely. And, and, and deep inside, I know that, but... The, the, you're too good for this world. No, I, I just, uh, I'm, I'm too or stupid. Or a masochist. <laughs> yeah. <something like> that. <laughs> Maybe. 
I'd, I'd Gre- just both? like to... Yeah, both probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I just like to make cool shit for people. And, and I think I, I, I have this weird syndrome of, of I don't need it because I can't make one whenever I want. I can make the same cool thing over and over again. Um, so yeah, don't don't be like me when you have cool stuff. <laughs> Make cool stuff for yourself sometimes. It's yeah. It, I mean, everyone should be more like red, but also every now and then make something nice for yourself. I think yeah. then you've got a good balance. Exactly. Because you're worth it. Ah, yes. that's a hair commercial, I think. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought that was a segue for the focus thing, so I was waiting for the rest. No, but we can, we can spin right over to it. Okay. To do, do Alan want to start again, being the guest yeah. of honor and all that? No, you yeah. go first so I can think. <laughs> <laughs> so you can find something. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, I I uh, I really really enjoyed the latest video of Alan Pan, who made an air powered umbrella. Nice. Yes, and and met super back. Have you seen it? Oh, what does that even mean? <laughs> no, so the, the, oh okay. What I really enjoyed with this video is the fact that he just set out complaining about Kickstarters that failed and scammed people money. And then he came over a thread of one guy for five, seven, seven years, years who commented on the same project, asking where it is, like telling his life story in this post of how his life is going and not, never receiving this umbre- air-powered umbrella, which is supposed to use air to blow the droplets away and alan pan is like oh maybe i can fix this for him and make one and send it to him and that journey is so fantastic and there's some wonderful cameos of both uh simon Gertz and um sala foxlin and a couple of other makers in the california scene (laughs) and it's uh, alan pan has this wonderful sense of humor and i think this might be one of his best videos, despite the making of it being a really small part of it. Yeah. That was, it was actually really, really funny. Matt Superbecker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's that good guy one. posting, like, I think on a monthly, weekly or monthly basis. It's, it's just fantastic. So it's the video is called Redeeming a Failed Kickstarter Product, right? Yes. That's the one. Yeah. Yep. That's a good yeah. idea. Uh, focus. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then I'm gonna go with um, Phys- Physics Anonymous is the name of the channel, and I started watching that when it turned out really small. Um, it's two brothers that do it. Um, they are, I think, the whole channel starts with a lathe restoration they want to do, like a metal lathe, and it is freaking hilarious because they start everything and they never finish. I think that lathe restoration is still going like two and a half three years later mm-hmm. that's <laughs> a long they have, restoration they they have despite that i hate it when projects are not like don't have closure mm-hmm. but uh just the way they build up this store and the or the shop they are in and uh they now went to make a fair and build a battle bot uh, they have great humor. They explain a lot. They explain their thought really well, and they just and you can see them. You can see their project derailing every single time because they go down that rabbit hole. So we're gonna make that. But in order to get the bat straight, we need something like a metal planer or grinder for that. 
So we're going to build that from scratch. So they start building that from scratch. Well, now we need some parts. Hmm, we're probably going to need a CNC. Let's just scratch build a CNC. Oh, and it just oh. continues. Like, it's been going for three years. <laughs> and you see, like, that store with, like, all the job with all that stuff. And it's just so funny to watch because it's like, yeah, when you see that guy's like, well, we would probably need, uh, and it's like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> so oh, that sounds uh, like my kind of people. Oh, yeah. F- Physics Anonymous. Um fantastic humor um also metal unicorn so um you're gonna realize when you watch it strongly recommend that channel really nice. watch worthy and you guys have the benefit because they didn't real uh, release a video for a year and they just released three videos within like three weeks mm-hmm. so like they're back at it and it's so enjoyable so you nice. guys actually have the benefit of being able to binge watch like probably 20 episodes or so Cool. nice 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 that's that definitely looked like my kind of people so my focus of the week uh is not gonna be red notice on netflix is not gonna be hellbound uh on netflix but they are both pretty good for different reasons um it's gonna be on youtube uh javier mercedes i believe it's the pronunciation of his name is a guy making videos uh and mainly tutorials for uh adobe adobe premiere pro uh he's one of the guys i started watching when i switched for premiere for editing my videos probably last year or two years ago um short tutorials very clear very enjoyable uh very simple to understand and to try at home so you can improve your videos in many many ways with his cool tips um so he's not an, a small channel he's over 100,000 subscriber but he's doing a great job you can find thousand thousand of tutorials for uh photoshop premiere and all the uh, adobe suits um softwares uh this guy is cool he's funny he, and and it's it's easy to understand and to apply um to your videos so yeah ravia mercedes on youtube one day i will manage to get you over to the da vinci side uh, i'm not like, sure <laughs> get rid of the evil adobe side and join the light side i'm so used to it now and it's it's really um easy to understand how a new software uh, works when you already know the previous one like for editing this podcast i'm using audition and it's really similar to premiere so it was it was a matter of 20 minutes for me to understand how it works and how i could edit the podcast so now i'm used to all that stuff I don't know if I'm ready to switch over something else. Yeah, I have the same feeling. Yeah, you would have to convince me uh, or bribe me with (laughs) something. (laughs) I gave you a free license. (laughs) How more can I bribe you? (laughs) All right, my focus. I I have two, if that's allowed. Yeah. Um, one is on the more practical side. Um, it is because I've been working so much on the car. I have been watching a lot of Chris Fix videos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is an amazing YouTube channel about fixing cars, and it's a very young guy, and he just explains everything so clearly that you really watch it and think, "Oh, but I could do that," <laughs> which is just exactly what you need for that sort of stuff. Um, so he shows stuff on like multiple models of cars and, um, there was one video about fixing your exhaust and he, his exhaust wasn't broken. So he just 
grab the saw and cut a hole in his exhaust so he could show how to fix it. <laughs> nice. Okay. <laughs> that is guy. hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, so it's just this young kid in his driveway and who loves cars and is very good at explaining stuff. So I've been watching a lot of that on the practical side. On the more inspirational side, um, Rachel Metz has been one of my focuses. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard her name pop up. She's yep. living close to the, the Maker Ranch in California with uh, Jess oh, yeah, and, yeah. And, the, and the gang. And I love her journey. She is someone, she's a maker and she's badass and she's very open about her emotional process as well. So she's she's struggling mentally, as maybe we all are, and particularly like the last six months or so, I have been as well. And she's just so open about it, and she's unapologetically making stuff for herself, and yes. and not for others. So I think it it ties in well a little bit as well that maybe we can do a bit more of that. And she's just like, now is my time, and I'm gonna do things my way. Um, and she's just very inspirational. Great. I I have not checked her out yet but i'll definitely no, will I definitely made it on top of the list yeah mm. great that sounds great i want to add one thing just to add wheel of time on amazon prime it exists it's not perfect but it's bloody close and oh uh, like the Wheel of Time series, it's one of the like it's. I think it's the second fancy novels I read after Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like I started reading them before Robert Jordan died, so it took forever to finish the series. And I think I read it nearly four times now, just because it took so long in between each book. <laughs> uh, so I read read the entire series, and then finally being able to sit down and watch it on telly, having yeah. a production company that wants to do this right. Uh -huh. At least it seems like it. There's tiny things in there. There's a lot of tiny things they change that are a little bit annoying, probably because I'm obsessing so much about like the difference between the books and the, what they're doing. Don't be. But that, yeah, that's my thing. Looking at that series just purely as fan fiction, it's fantastic. Oh, great. Makes me and so that, happy that you, you are not going to that direction that, oh, the book was better. It can't be better yeah, yeah. or worse that's not something that's un something else entirely yeah I, I say the same thing about all of the harry potter movies and mm -hmm. the lord of the rings yeah. it's it's all fan fiction because it's an adaptation of the original material good so and, and having that mindset also makes it a lot easier to just enjoy it for what it is mm -hmm. instead of just harping over no no but perrin isn't married yet and like the, the face of the Trollocs are described differently and like there's supposed to be more of them attacking there and fewer there. And like, uh, mm. I, for some reason, I see all of those things when I watch it, but then I, I also managed to enjoy myself. So just one of Christmas, if you have Christmas Amazon Prime, it's worth giving a look, especially if you enjoy the epic fantasy and want something yeah. sort of akin to Game of Thrones. Oh, Christmas but, is going to be great this year. And yeah. Yeah, and to season two of The Witcher, I think is coming yeah, out exactly. 20th or something of December. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, I have not watched the Foundation series yet. I've not watched Dune yet. I mean, I'll be turned into a potato. Over oh, yeah. Years. You have plenty to watch. Yeah. It's it's I, Christmas soon, so we'll have to go over the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit series with my wife uh, as we do each year. I've already started rewatching all the Doctor Who uh as i do 
every year. Mm. <laughs> um, I will start uh, Wheel of Time tonight, probably. Um, the Witcher, obviously. And I wanted to, yeah. Uh, one of the most ridiculous thing, going back to what I was saying about the Wheel of Time, uh, one mm. of the most ridiculous thing that I've heard in my life was when the Lord of the Ring came out for the first time uh, uh, in the theaters a few years uh, back. Um, I was listening. I was I was in college and listening to a conversation between big fans of the book, and one girl said, "That's not that's not how Elfish sounds like," and hmm? and I was like. Fuck off! I mean, that's, that's, that's not possible <laughs> to say something. Way possible. Go yeah. and fuck I mean, yeah, uh, it's in a mm -hmm. book. It's, it's yeah. I know Tolkien wrote all the books about pronunciation and thing. Uh, a book. So I'm gonna say <laughs> it once and for all. I've been studying movies for years for my my thesis, and a book and a movie which is the adaptation of the book, is not the same thing. That's why mm -hmm. it's called an adaptation. That's yep. the view of the story from uh, a, a director. What you have had in your head when you have read the book has been produced by your mind, your spirit, your experience, your uh, what you like, what you don't like. All the images are yours and yours only. Which is still not as good as the book. Well, let's uh, <laughs> discuss <laughs> It can't be the same thing that you will be seeing in a theater because that's that's something someone else His interpretation the movie, so. that is wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, without time, give it a try. I will tonight. Uh, apparently, Sarah Smith says it's good. Yep, 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 yep. Fantastic. Perfect. Thank you all for listening so far. Hopefully, we'll return next week. But until then, no, thanks well, for having me. <laughs> you'll be with us in spirit. Yes. Where can we find us? Uh, you, Ellen. Not me, find first us. of all. I knew. Yeah. Uh, YouTube, Instagram, Crafts with Ellen. Perfect. Nice and simple. And yeah. you can find the podcast as a whole on two thirds focused on all of the mostly social things. And if you want to reach out, that's also a place to go. Or you can find me at rasmuslowen.no. No, rasmuslowen, at rasmuslowen, and lowensmail.no. That's the thing. Yes. And you can find me at theredsmith.com or redsmith or theredsmith and on all the usual social things. And nerdinventor.com, nerdinvent on YouTube and Instagram. And also, just take a look in the show notes. I think all the links are there. Yes. Yeah. We try to be good about those kinds of things. Try being the keyword. Don't bullshit, <laughs> you made a template. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. And good night. <laughs> good night, everyone. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.